0: With me this morning to Second Peter, chapter three. 2 Peter, chapter three, beginning at verse nine. We are thankful for all God is doing. I hope you got rest last night because we had so much help taking things down. I know that we don't quite get as much done when we're wore out, we're tired, things take a little longer to put away but we were done cleaning up by I believe it was 4 o'clock 4 o'clock yesterday my family and I didn't get motivated to leave the building until 6.30 we just sat in the office just trying to gather the strength and the gumption to go home and uh, there were a couple of members of the family that I won't name but they were in bed by 7 o'clock and woke up this morning so they were very rested they are very rested. They're ready for church today. In Jesus' name. The rest of us were in bed. Or I'm sorry, the rest of the family were in bed by eleven o'clock. And still got great rest. So hopefully you got rest. Ben, hopefully Deborah didn't pester you too much and you got some rest. A little bit. Deborah. Jesus' name. I'm I'm excited about church today. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any soul should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens shall be on fire wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. We lay down all lesser things for greater gain. We're going to preach this morning with the help of the Lord as the sun, S-U-N, as the sun goes as the sun goes down. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer this morning. And as we pray, I want us to pray for Jeff Gosnell, Sister Janice's husband. He is back in the hospital today with some kidney issues, high potassium. We know that God is able. So let's pray for the word. Let's pray for the preaching and let's pray for Brother Jeff. In Jesus' name, God, we love you and we thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. God, I thank you for... Sister Janice and Brother Jeff, God, I pray, Lord, that your healing virtue would flow through his body, from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. God, I pray specifically today for his kidney function. God, I pray that they would miraculously begin functioning as you have designed them to. God, I pray that he would feel your presence, that he would feel your drawing. God, I pray that your angels would encamp around about them. God, I pray for their strength. I pray for your healing virtue, and I pray, God, for salvation to come to their house. God, I pray that your will would be done in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name. Why don't we give God another hand clap of praise this morning as we're seated. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. As the sun goes down. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. He's not going to say one thing and then do something else. The Apostle Peter is specifically preaching in regard to the gift of the Holy Ghost that had been prophesied from the Old Testament prophets all the way through John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Peter is now writing to folks that have already received the gift of the Holy Ghost in his letter to the church. But he's saying the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. He said the message on the day of Pentecost where he said, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That still pertains. That is still a salvific element. In other words, it still has to do with my salvation. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. God's not slacked on that. It's not just for the Jew. It's not just for the Gentile. It is for all of humanity. And right now we're living in the times of the Gentiles and we don't know exactly how long that's going to be, but we're thankful for it, but we're not looking down our noses at at the Jews and thinking, man, they've really missed the mark. They've really messed up and God's forsaken them. No, He's not. We're just buying some time here where we got to win as many souls as we can. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. When he said the promise is unto you, he meant the promise is unto you. When he said the promise is unto your children, he meant that the promise is unto your children. It's not just for one generation and he's going to forsake the rest. When he said that the promise was to all that are afar off, he meant that the promise is to all that are afar off. But then it comes down to where the rubber meets the road and we've all got a decision to make. But the promise is still there. The promise is there if we are going to live in it. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance and this is Peter, the same man that preached the message in Acts chapter 2, is writing here again, many years later. He said he wants all to come to repentance. He wants all to come to repentance. It's implied. He said He's implying. You remember the message on the day of Pentecost? My message that I preached, the divine unction of the Holy Ghost, that all should come to repentance. And when you come to repentance, you're also going to be baptized. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Brother Pinkerton and I, senior, elder. (laughs) It's sweeter and sweeter every time, brother. (laughs) He said, come on. We're at breakfast on Thursday. And server came to the table. And she comes to church here when she's allowed. She said, you know, we've been to other churches. And I." I she said, I'm not going to lie to you. I do feel the presence of God in other churches. And I said, good. I'm glad. But she said, it's not like when I come to CLT. I do feel it other places, but it's not, not to the level that I feel it in your church. And so we started talking to her and and we started Sharing some scripture with her, and there's been some things that she's heard and things that she's been told that don't quite line up with scripture. And she said, "Well, I've been told that because you know I I shouldn't worry if I don't get my prayer language. Uh, I'm trying to be careful this morning because it's just not for everybody." I said, "That's a lie." Sitting right there in that booth in that restaurant. I'm sorry. I said, that's a lie. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says it's for everybody. That you don't have to just settle for somebody else having it. You don't have to settle for everybody else tasting. You don't have to settle for just being on the outside looking in. No sir, no ma'am, it's for you. It is absolutely for you. I said, and I understand what they mean when they say it's a prayer language I said, but it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than just an added bonus to your walk with God. I said, you got to read repentance, uh, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Actually, we said, uh, have you ever read Acts chapter 2? You ever read the book of Acts? She said, no, I haven't. I said, well, you need to do that before Sunday. Because she's planning on being at church tonight. And we told her right there in the middle of that restaurant, we said, listen, when you come to church on Sunday night, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts about it. You're going to get it. Why? Because you want it. I said, the main factor that I see in your spirit is there's a hunger there, and God wants to know if somebody's hungry, he'll fill them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's not slack concerning his promise. And let me just preface this. and say: you don't have to wait until tonight to get the Holy Ghost when she does. You can have it today. I believe we could have laid our hands on her right there in the restaurant and she could have got the Holy Ghost. She just wasn't quite ready for it on Thursday morning, but she's going to be good and ready for it tonight. He's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering to us The kingdom of God is not reserved for those in elite circles. The kingdom of God is as much for the pauper as it is for the prince. with no education or no family or no social status as it is for the doctor or the master of education or those with a large family and those with a, a high rank in society. It is for every single person and the element is he said you got to come to me like a little child you got to come to me as you were without the education without the status he said that doesn't matter to me right now you got to lay it to the side and you got to come to me as just who you are and you have to come to me as who i am and when you come to me with the hunger for the kingdom of god he said it's for you it's for you it's for you somebody say it's for me Somebody say, it's for my children. Somebody say, it's for everybody. So the kingdom of God is for everyone. We've established that this morning. It is for everyone. And God is not slack. He's not going to withhold it. He wants, desires to pour out his spirit upon every man, every woman, and every child. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 says, "But the day of the Lord the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night." Now that little phrase there as a thief in the night was used by the Jews it's a saying that they heard often, no doubt Peter heard it often as well. We hear it in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 33, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, there is an element of when when someone is has broken into your home, or someone has broken into your vehicle and Somebody has uh, 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 stolen from you. It's, it's a feeling unlike anything else I've ever felt, that you feel absolutely violated. You feel violated. They may never have touched you physically, but you feel violated. You feel like something is missing. My security is gone. This is sp- supposed to be my possession. This is supposed to be my home. This is supposed to be my vehicle. This is mine. Nobody else's. But that, that line has been crossed, and, and he records in Matthew 24 that if the man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. If you had gotten a text message that said at 3 o'clock in the morning somebody's going to be breaking into your home, you'd have been sitting up, all the lights off. Your night vision goggles on, your 12 gauge locked and loaded, saying, bring it on, pal. When you come in the door, I'm going to be here as the welcoming committee. You'd have had the police around the corner. You'd have set up a sting operation. You'd have been waiting. He said, if you had really known the day that the thief would have been coming, you would have been prepared. You would have watched and would not have suffered your house to be broken up. You wouldn't have suffered. You wouldn't have suffered loss. You wouldn't have given an occasion for the thief to come in and steal. And, uh, and Peter is saying in chapter 3 and verse 10 that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. He's recalling to them the words of Jesus, in Matthew 24. Heavens are going to pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. First Thessalonians five. The apostle Paul writes to the church of Thessalonica. Aren't you thankful that you live in Huntington, not Thessalonica? Those kids knew how to spell yourselves, in verse 2, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He's not going to make an announcement. He's not going to say next Tuesday, I'm coming back. You better be ready. The day of the Lord is a term that's found in the Old Testament and it usually points to the time just before and the time of the actual second coming of the Lord. Peter would continue in chapter 3 and verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What is he doing? He's admonishing the church. He's telling the church, listen, we understand that there are things called sin. We understand that there is, are, is righteousness and unrighteousness. We understand that there's living for God and there's living for the world. We understand that there's right and there's wrong. Now, the kingdom of God, the the day of the Lord is coming as a thief in the night. You're not gonna know when he's coming back. In fact, if you got somebody that says they know exactly when God's coming back, you probably should run away from them. They don't know. But the fact of the matter is, Peter is telling them, you gotta live every day. You gotta live every day because you don't know when he's coming back. You need to live every day as if he's coming right now. And I gotta be ready. He's coming as a thief in the night. I'm here to preach to us this morning that the sun is going down. The sun is going down. He's coming back, and he's coming back soon. He said in verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens shall be on fire and dissolve. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look. We don't have to dread. We're looking for a new heaven, a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Peter is admonishing his readers. You gotta be ready for the coming of the Lord. You gotta make sure you're living right. You gotta make sure that you're maintaining godliness. You have to make sure that you're praying every day, that you're reading the Bible every day, that there's no occasion. You're not giving in. You're not giving up. You're not backing off. You're not backing down. We're living for God today. Every day of my life, we're living for God today family we're living for God today we're not doing that we're not going there we're not participating in that not because I'm better but I want to be saved and I don't God may come back in the middle of me doing that and if God comes back in the middle of those actions I'm not going to make it to heaven he's admonishing you got to live right you got to live right Don't let the negative elements of the world distract you, but look for his promise. Operate as the church. Maintain righteousness. Listen, I haven't even come today to preach about doomsday. I've not come today to preach about the apocalypse. I've not come today to preach about the rapture of the church or the catching away of the church. But we need to understand today that by no means does Peter ever convey an idea that the church should just sit around and hold the fort. He's not saying, he's not conveying that you just ought to just sit in your closet and just pray until Jesus comes back and never be out in the world and never go to work and never... No, he's not preaching to the church to be a bunch of preppers. He's not telling his church go build a compound in the mountains somewhere. Harden your electronics against an electromagnetic pulse. He's not conveying to the church They need to physically prepare for the last days. But what he is saying, what he is admonishing them to do, is you have to make sure on an everyday basis that you are being the church. He did not start his discourse with this uh, this letter, this letter to the church. He didn't start with all the doom and the gloom and all of those things. What he started with is that God is not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slackness. But what he's telling them is that the day is quickly ending and the night is quickly approaching. And we need to make sure, church, that we are ready for his coming. But not only that we are ready for his coming, but we are sharing the promises of God to all that are afar off. The parable of the kingdom of heaven being likened unto a marriage feast. We know a little bit about marriage, we know a lot about feasting. It's likened unto a wedding reception. He said, Man, we got all this food. Doesn't that, that's the church, man? That's the church. We got all this food. We got all this food, Isaac. We got to get more people. There's so much in this room. We got to find somebody else to help us eat this. It's like all of our servers. Friday night, they're carrying all this half eaten, quarter eaten lasagna. I was literally, teenagers, guys, don't eat out of the trash can, okay? We are not homeless. Don't eat. You see, stop. I know it's a lot of food. doesn't look like it's been touched. So I imagine that the ministers are walking through the marriage supper of the Lamb, through this wedding feast, and, and they're seeing All of the excess. And the master, the father, says, you know what? There's just so much here. We can't let this food go to waste. So he gathers up his workers. And he said, you go out and you invite more people to the feast. You invite more people to come and partake of the food. Because there's so much, there's no way that we could eat all of this. There's so much food. There's no way that we could ever consume this so let's go find some more people. And so he sends them out and he tells them, you go look in the highways. You go look in the obvious places for people that are hungry. People that want to partake. People that want to celebrate. You go find the folks that they look like, man, they know how to have a good time. And you invite them. And then you go out into the Byways, you take the side roads. Get off the main drag, you go take the side roads, and you find them there. You invite them, you compel them to come, hey, there's gonna be food. It's gonna be a good time. My master knows how to throw a party. There's gonna be a cotton candy machine, there's gonna be a snow cone machine, popcorn bounce houses, Holy Ghost infillings, blessings, Living for God's not a drag, it's a party. You go to the highways, you go to the obvious places, you go to the byways, the lesser known places, and then you go beat down the hedges. You go find the vagabonds. You go find the robbers and the thieves. You go find those that are outcasts of society. What is he telling us today? He's telling us it does not matter what social economic class they fall into. The kingdom of God is not a caste system. The kingdom of God is for all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. What is he telling them? The Lord's not slack concerning his promise. You come on in. We've got more than we know what to do with. How, how great would it be if whole neighborhoods started being filled with the Holy Ghost? There's plenty. There's plenty. There's plenty. There's more than we can handle on our own. we got to find somebody else. we got to find somebody else to share the gospel will we got to find somebody else to witness to yeah. just sit idle just to kick back and relax or to even just be diligent in their own salvation don't just sit there and Hold the fort. The kingdom of God has always been about dominion. John chapter nine, verse one, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents? You gotta find a reason for it. I said, that sometimes there's just no reason. Sometimes things just happen. He said, this man didn't sin. His parents didn't sin. But this is an opportunity for God to be manifest in his life. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Folks, I come to preach today. That as the sun goes down, we've got to get busy. We have got to get busy. Jesus said in verse five, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And we love that. We, we grab hold of that and we preach about Jesus is the light of the world. He shines in the dark places. That you should show forth the praises of him that's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That the light shine and the darkness comprehended it not. We're thankful for that. We love that and we should love that. We should preach that. We should be thankful for that. But there is another connecting reference in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Jesus is speaking to his people, his disciples. And he said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. He goes on in verse 14. In this, We ought to grab hold of this just as much as we grab hold of Jesus being the light of the world. He said, you... You are the light of the world. The light did not stop when Jesus ascended. He said, now you are the light of the world. He said, I have been with you, but I'm going to be in you. And he said, and as long as I'm in the world, there's going to be a light. He said, I'm not in the world physically, but I've filled you with my spirit. And now you are the light of the world. But the night is coming when no man can work. He said, you got to let your light so shine before men. Don't put your light under a don't don't light the candle and put it under a bushel. But on a candlestick, it's more than just a cute Sunday school song. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. No! It's more than that. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. you got to get to work and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. As we stand this morning, I want us to understand that as the sun goes down, it's not time for us to be slack in our responsibilities as a church. But it is time now more than ever For us to rush into the highways, into the byways, and into the hedges. It's time for us to rattle. It's time for us to shake the bushes. We gotta find every soul. Anybody that's willing to listen, we gotta find them. We gotta be about the Father's business because the sun is going down and I gotta work now because the night is coming when no man can work. It's not going to be a third shift. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. The night is coming, when no man can work. But he's not the only light of the world. I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city. The city of the living God. That is set on a hill that cannot be hid. You are part of the greatest entity. In the entire world, the Kingdom of God is not an organization. The Kingdom of God is an organism. It has, it's, it is a whole, but it has interdependent parts. What does that mean? That means that the parts are alive but they're dependent upon each other. The word organism it's likened, or an organism rather, is likened to a living being. The kingdom of God is alive. The church of the living God is alive. I want to do the work of the kingdom. Whether the sun is bright overhead. Or rather, the sun is beginning to set. He said, Pastor, they've been preaching that the Lord's coming back for a long time. You better believe it. And it's, it's closer now than it's ever been. Every day that we wake up is a gift from God. I truly believe He could come back at any moment. Any moment. We're living between Daniel's 69th and 70th week in the time of the Gentiles. There's no period there. There's no there's no uh, no count on the years. Sister Sherry, there's no count. We don't know. It's like when Israel crossed over the Jordan River. God divided the Red Sea, but He did not divide the Jordan River. God rested in the Jordan River. And what are we seeing right now? We're seeing the minister. We're seeing Joshua stand in the middle of the Jordan River. And when everybody gets past, the water's going to start flowing again. The sun's going down. The sun is going down. What are we going to do with what we've been given? What are we going to do with what we've been given? God's wanting to know. I need I need some people, some people that are in the church, some people that have tasted, some folks that have seen the glory of God, that have tasted of the food of his feast, to run out. Hey, I got some wedding garments. I got a message for you. God wants you at his feast. God wants you at his feast. God wants you at his table. The sun's going down. I wonder if I've got anybody that would make their way to this altar and pray, God, I want you to equip me. I want God, I want you to give me boldness to win a soul this year. Come on, 2022. We've seen God double our numbers. We've seen God enter the church. And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. God